if this custom still goes on, when there is a change of power, in the old days, they didn't want anyone from, if someone rose up, a conquering force or another individual rose up, they didn't want anyone else coming as an heir to the throne, so they killed off everyone that was related. The entire royal line would be killed so that no one could lay claim by virtue of inheritance. And so that was the custom of the day. We, we find that even today, in some places on the planet, if a leader is removed or killed or assassinated, they need to take very cautious uh, consideration for the family because some cultures still think this way. I don't know if any of you have seen uh, news reports of this type of thing. Uh, many times in, in the cultures of the Eastern Bloc, uh, Russian heritage, uh, it used to be a, a big deal to be related to the Tsar until the Tsar was not the Tsar anymore. And then they went through the countryside. People would try to hide out the heirs to the throne because they were under siege. It was a custom of the day. But aren't you glad that God goes against custom? And he gives us an illustration here uh, that we want to follow through. So, Mephibosheth, he's whose boy? Jonathan. And what happened that caused him to be late? What, what's the, the scenario here that we just read about? Well, why was he running away? He was running for his life. Why was he running for his life? He's only five years old. What? His nurse was running. If you look at the scripture we just read, when they, the word reached them that Saul, the king, and Jonathan, his dad, were killed, that's when they took off because they knew the custom of the day. In the same way that uh, they would purge throughout a community and remove anyone who was related in any way, you didn't want to have your hand up saying, yeah, I'm related to the king. Yes, I'm a, I'm a... No. The nurse grabbed the five-year-old and took off running. And what happened while they were running in fear for their lives? He fell. We're not sure the exact uh, <coughs> means that this happened. Whether he slipped and fell and she fell on top of him, that's what some... It's not in there. It's not in there. But people have made up all kinds of stories about how this happened. But somewhere or other, this five-year-old is being taken out. He doesn't understand what's going on. You know, uh, how, how old is Johnny? Five. Five, okay. It would be like you trying to take Johnny someplace for his own safety 
and he doesn't want to go. You've had that experience before, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just last Sunday you said that he, he didn't want to go to children's church at the church you were at. Came right down the center aisle and said, I want to go there. <laughs> Five-year-olds have a mind and a will of their own, do they not? And uh, so uh, whether he was hanging back and she was kind of dragging him along, how many parents know the joy of dragging a child through a, through a store? Yeah. Isn't that fun? Well, what are some of the things kids do when they don't want to go or they don't understand where you're going? What are some things you have personally experienced or witnessed? They go Abdullah, 
David agrees to nothing. Saul was asking, he was kind of poor mouth and he said, oh, you're a better man than I am. You know, you're a nice guy and I'm a really ratty guy and uh, you're probably going to be king one day. And, uh, it'd be nice if you wouldn't uh, be mean to my people. David never responds to that. It's the ramblings because at the same breath, Saul said, I'm never going to come after you again. <laughs> Took him about an hour and a half before he went after him again. So, but we'll get to that other covenant. And uh, so here's the situation. David has brought his power in. He's now basically over all of Israel, not just Judah. And he comes to the place where he wants to show kindness to any of Saul's family. This is completely different than the custom of the day, right? Completely different. Why is this different? Why is David different than other kings? Well, they're, they're French. I mean, Jonathan and his friendship, were, they were closer than a man and wife. It was just, they were bonded. Yeah, they were, they were both brothers. Uh, there was great uh, camaraderie there. They were great friends. And David is not... You remember when David was, uh, several chapters ago, when David had the dark period, no psalms, no prayers, no contact with God. He became a really mean, nasty guy when he was separated from the Lord. But when he came back and began to seek the Lord again, that changes his behavior. How many of you have witnessed someone when they came to the Lord? You witnessed some people? Me. Yeah. And, and uh, they're lying. What a difference you've made in my life. It's hard to fathom when you look at Bible characters and you see the difference that was made when they turned their heart over to God. It's were passed away. All things have become new. Okay. I'm not going to have this. You have the word devar, not spoken of. Where he's staying? Boy, have you ever lost track of somebody and you don't know where they are? Uh, not Ziba. Ziba had kept track. And, and it wasn't as easy. Oh, Ziba could not use Google Earth and find, <coughs> find Mephibosheth. You know, it's a, well, let me look that up. <laughs> no, he had to be in touch with the people that knew the people that knew the people. So, Ziba, one of Saul's former servants, tells David about Mephibosheth, and David's response is, Go get him. So, he sent him out on the mission. Now look at uh, 
chapter 9 of the king. He's never met the king. He's never met David. He probably has heard of him from his father, but he's never met him. What is his response when he's set down in the presence of
We all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. There's a death sentence on us who we haven't received the Lord's salvation. We're, we're the Mephibosheth in the story. We were crippled by the fall. In the same way that we couldn't, we don't know exactly what happened to Mephibosheth. We don't necessarily know the exact moment that we. Well, let me ask you this: Did anybody have to teach you to do bad things? Did you have to go to a class, you know, and, and learn how to be a real stinker? Uh, did anybody have to coach you on, now, you're going to need this. You need to know how to lie, uh, little boy, little girl. Uh, here's how you lie. Did any of you have to sign up for that class? Or did you just pick up on it naturally? Just naturally. Just, just, just came naturally. We don't know how the fall necessarily occurred in your spirit, but at a certain point, we became distanced from God through the fall. We talked about the fall of Adam and Eve, that bent towards sinning when they chose to do what they knew they shouldn't do that pitted them against God. There was a spiritual death sentence at that point. When we're crippled by the fall, folks. Yes. That's the reason we, the, we act the way we do. We've got a, a bent towards sin. Nobody had to teach us to be angry. Nobody had to teach us to lie or to cheat or, or to want our own way. It's interesting when you, when you go into a, a nursery room situation and there's a hundred toys. What can you tell me about the value of those individual toys. Uh, you, you, you've got maybe five kids sitting in the middle of the nursery room. And there's 1,000 toys. They've got two or 300 each if they want them. But what ultimately will happen? I wanted that one. And uh, did, they, did they have to go to class to be instructed in selfishness? No. Someone in, defines sin as I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And nobody has to teach that. It's a natural result of being the seed of Adam and Eve, the lineage of Adam and Eve. Nobody had to teach them to sin. They had God's word but they were lured by the devil. You say, well, it's the devil's fault. Well, the devil got punishment. But they had a choice. God gave them free will. And each of us has free will. I know there's some people who don't believe that, but the Bible speaks otherwise. Can you think of any scriptures that tell us that we have a choice in the matter? Some people believe that you have no choice. You're either lost or saved. God already determined that before you were born. You were set in motion and uh, you have no choice. There's no such thing as free will. There's a whole block of people that believe that malarkey. But uh, can, you, can you think of any situations in Scripture 
where it proves that's not the way it is. Yeah. Repent. Yeah, repent. That's a choice. Repent and be converted. Be changed. Change. What are some other places in Scripture that let us know? We have a choice. Yeah. When Peter was preaching to the 3,000 and they said, repent on his sins. Yeah. And come to Christ. And the other one is uh, um, Romans 3. And they say, everyone confess the name of the Lord and be saved. Okay. So, so if you, you have a choice. Can you think of any other places? Yeah. When uh, Jesus told the fishermen to throw it on one side of the boat, They had a choice. They had a choice. Uh, you remember when, when they've come out, they're ready to go into the promised land, and leadership, Joshua stands up, choose you this day whom you will serve. Either the gods of the Egyptians and the people on the other side, or the one true God. As for me and my house, that's a choice. That's a choice. Yeah. The wise men, yeah. they chose not to come back to tell the king. Yeah, they chose not to go back being warned in a dream. When you see all the opportunities in the scripture for choice, we are a people that have free will. God gave free will. It was not God's plan for Adam and Eve to follow the destructive ways of the devil, they have a choice. And because we have a choice, it doesn't mean that God is manipulating us like a bunch of robots and uh, a remote-controlled car. How many of you have a remote-controlled vehicle of some kind? Anybody? Dave has toys, did Jeff has toys. And, and uh, <laughs> son was, was down one time and, and he fixed I have this little car, vehicle remote control and my grandson affixed a laser on it he goes out in front of it and just tormented the dickens out of the dog just just chased it all over the room this big old dog and uh, you know Choice. We have choices. Amen? And just like our illustration of going up to the to the uh, the nursery and you see a thousand toys and five kids, but they want the one, they choose the one that uh, somebody else has. You ever sat down with kids and there's maybe three pieces of pizza left? And you see them <laughs> They're going to make a choice. They want the big one. And they're watching to see who's going to make that choice. And then if they don't get their way, what do they do? They cry. We are free moral agents. We, we have a choice. It's not the devil made me do it. 
Now the devil is always tempting and always trying to get us to do the wrong thing. But we have a choice. And here we find that Mephibosheth was crippled by the fall. We all have a tendency to do the wrong thing. Have you noticed that you have you don't have to work on it or study hard to do the wrong thing? How many of you have done something stupid already today? Anybody done something? All of them all. Probably didn't. Huh? I didn't ask. Yeah. It would have been stupid not to have asked. It would have been a poor choice. So, Mephibosheth. We're the Mephibosheth of the story. We, we were born to be a child of the king. But we're distanced through sin. We're crippled by the fall. Living in exile. Living apart from God. Until we come to, to, we're living in a sinful world, folks. Sinful world. But aren't you glad the king desires mercy? He wants to show his love for us. Give me the scripture verse on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. He was reaching out. We were lost. Messed up. We didn't know we were so messed But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It was the king showing mercy. It wasn't us asking for mercy. We, we were so messed up, we didn't know anybody. But when the, the light of the gospel comes on, the king shows mercy. He sent Ziba to find him. He's a type of the Holy Spirit. What about the mission of Ziba reminds us of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All knowing. He knew all the stuff that was needed to know. He knew where he was. He know, knew why he was there. He knew his history. He knew how he was crippled by the fall. And he knew his name. The Holy Spirit <clears throat> searches out the hearts of men. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? He searches out. He's... Uh, it wasn't that we were looking for God. God sent the Holy Spirit to seek us out. Because He wants us to be a part of His forever family. It's not by accident or happenstance that you met Jesus. The story of the prodigal son, the father was watching, waiting for his son to come home. The Holy Spirit, other aspects of the Holy Spirit being like Ziba, He... He sought him out and brought him back and presented him to the king. No one comes to the Father except they're drawn by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is drawing people today. And you know what I'm talking about? The, the sense of, can you think back to a time where the Holy Spirit was drawing you to a relationship with Jesus Christ? It's called conviction. And the Holy Spirit draws us into 
those relationships to get us to the place where where we're we're brought back to the presence of, of God. Holy Spirit was sent out to seek and to save that which was lost. And we the Holy Spirit is, is seeking people out today. He's trying to draw people to Christ. Another parallel that we see. Well, interesting. There we go. He brought him back. And the response of David to someone like Mephibosheth, what was David's response when Mephibosheth shows up and falls before him as a servant? Don't be afraid. He called him by name. He called him by name. He knows your name. Amen? Amen. He knows your name. He knows my name. We're not a stranger to him. He calls us and he, he knows you. He knows everything about you. The Holy Spirit knows <clears throat> the Bible says that the Father knows the number of hairs on your head. For some it's easier than others. But uh, <laughs> never mind. But uh, the response of of Mephibosheth is a response of a servant, not someone who is owed this, but someone who is privileged to be in the presence of the king, a forgiving king, king that's showing mercy. And what else, how else does this parallel the Christian life of someone who was lost in exile, separated from God, crippled by the fall, drawn by the Holy Spirit, what does the Heavenly Father do when we come back home? What does the Heavenly Father do for us? He said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of our Heavenly Father, do we? There's no fear in love. But then what does He do? It wasn't anything that He had to do. But what did He do for Mephibosheth? He restored everything that had been lost. He restored it back. The story of the prodigal son, we see the father says, bring a ring for his finger. Bring new clothes. Put sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. Did he have to do any of that? No, no the prodigal son says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me like a servant. He says, no, you're my son. We've become sons and daughters of God. And He restores to us what the enemy has tried to take away. The enemy's tried to take away the image of God in you. He wants you to be more like the devil than we are like God. The selfishness, the arrogance, the, all of those things. But He wants to restore the image to your life and to mine. And then, he didn't have to. What are some of the things God didn't have to do for us? It would have been enough if we were just saved, right? But what else does he do for us? Yeah. He can heal us. Does he have to? No. No, it's an added blessing. It's a restoration. 
of our inheritance. What else does God do? He doesn't have to, but what else does He give to us as His children? Consolation. Consolation. He He consoles us. He helps us. Love. He gives us His love. We have eternal life. Now life right now is good, but eternal life is even better to be spent with Him. He gives us total forgiveness of our sins and holds them against us no more. He has made a commitment to be our shepherd, to provide for us, to care for us, to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. All of those things didn't have to. There's a part of the Passover Seder that uh, it's a lengthy recounting if it's called Deyanu. Anybody remember that that part of the Passover Seder? Deyanu. And it means it would have been enough. If he had just delivered us from the captivity, it would have been enough. But then he provided us the land of promise. It would have been enough if he just did this, but he went ahead and did that. It would have been enough if he just uh, gave us the the Passover lamb and 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 covered our, our sin, but he went on to give us a new life. It would have been enough. Day anu, day anu. And God didn't have to do any of that. It was out of his kindness to us, out of his love for us, like the king. But I like the I like the fact that where's he gonna sit for the rest of his life? He has a place at the king's table. Now when he's scooted up to the table, right now, all of you are fairly scooted up to tables, right? Pretty much. Some of you are leaning on tables. A couple of you head down. No, I'm just... <clears throat> He was perfectly normal around the, the king's table. No one could see he'd been crippled. It was no longer obvious. When we're seated at the king's table, he separates the sin as far as the east is from the west. That fall, that curse, all of your days, he said. There's a back in the over me is love. We have a privilege of being seated at the king's table for the rest of this life, and then we're going to be gathered around the throne in the next. What a deal. What a deal. We were once exiled, crippled by the fall, but boy, he sent the Holy Spirit to draw us into his presence, and then he forgets about our past, and remembers it against us no more, and we have a place at the king's table. What does it mean, spiritually, to feast at the king's table? You're not going to go hungry. How many of you had a grandma or somebody that put on a spread when they, you know, my grandma's model, and nobody going away hungry. 
she'd have four or five kinds of this, that, and the other, and you, you just couldn't. It's like going to the buffet out at uh, uh, the Dutch Essen House, the, the Der Dutchman. And uh, how many of you went went out to there? Went to the Der Dutchman? Did you go in, honey? No, sir. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>
And as I mentioned, there are some dark parts of Mephibosheth's story later on. But we're just going to focus on the good stuff tonight, okay? That all right with you? I hope so. If you want the dark side, you get the rest of the story someplace else. But we're just going to go with the good story. Feasted at the king's table. Crippled by the fall. Searched out by the by Ziba. Symbol of the Holy Spirit. And level ground is happening. We're going to stop there for today. Prayer request this evening. We're happy to once again see... David is out and about, and Brittany's mom is here, and uh, any word you want to give to us, Dave? Keep in prayer those caregivers at the hospital that I was at, and we gave out 15 of our church cards, and just one of them shows up. You have no idea what a blessing it was. I heard so many comments. See David walking down the aisle. That shocked me. Because uh, I saw him two days before that. A couple days before that. That wasn't happening. But uh, <coughs> praise God. Praise God. Other prayer requests tonight. Let you in on uh, Joanne Kaufman was admitted to the hospital, but now she's in a, a rehab center called Meadow Grove in Grove City. And you can send cards to her there. She's gaining strength so she can go back home. She says she's doing much better. I was just to the hospital today. Uh, Charles Hewlett, uh, Doris' son, uh, was in, back in the hospital and I got there. I called to make sure he was still there. I got there just as they were dismissing him. Got to have a word of prayer with him, but he's doing much better. But continue to pray for him and for him to make that leap to call upon the name of the Lord. I believe the Holy Spirit's looking for him, trying to draw him to the king's table. Other prayer requests tonight. Do we have any unspoken requests? You don't want to go into the details of the situation, but you need God's help in the circumstance. Unsaved loved ones, people that are heavy on your heart, that aren't right with God, or maybe some are in exile like Mephibosheth was, and you don't know where they are. I have good news for you. Holy Spirit knows where they are. And He can track them down and draw them. So we need to pray for the Holy Spirit's work in reaching out to pe- send people across the path of that way, that wandering soul, that loved one you're concerned about that you just don't know where they are. We had a prayer request this morning from a, one of the ladies in the morning class. Her brother, they don't know where he is. They can't find him. But God knows where he is. And let's just pray for the Lord to send Someone across his path with the gospel message. Other prayer requests tonight. Any update from the from your brother? Okay, came through the surgery and the doctor was very optimistic, and uh, so we're continuing to believe for that. Continued touch on 
David touching the people that he ministered to in the hospital? Yes, Mauricio. I go to New York again. You what? I go to New York. New York, New York or New Jersey? New or New Jersey. Jerk? It's a, <laughs> that's the area up there. It's, it's yes. New Jerk City. But uh, uh, we need to pray that uh, uh, things turn out better than the last time he was there. Praise God. The Lord would give you favor. Well, let's go to prayer then. We have several lead us out in prayer tonight. And uh, I think it would be well in order for all of us to spend a little bit of time just praising God. That when we were lost, He sent the Holy Ghost to find us and bring us back home. Aren't you glad to be home with the Lord? Aren't you glad? Let's spend a little bit of time giving Him praise tonight. And then several will lead us out in a word of prayer together. out to some of those that over the years lost track of who don't know where they are but you do those that are wayward those that have lost fellowship with you those who are going in the wrong direction I pray Father for your Holy Spirit to not only find them you know where they are you know everything about their situation Father, draw them back. <clears throat> draw them back. Let them call upon the name of the Lord. Send somebody across their path to remind them about Jesus. Father, I thank you for the fact that you are unforgettable. Those that may have walked away from you can never forget the difference you made in their life. I pray, Father, that you would remind people of that. Bring them back. I'm thankful, Father, you knew my name. I was lost. I was a sinner. I was bound for hell, but you saved me. And you've given me a seat at your table. I, I think of that old song that says, Oh yes, oh yes. I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows through my veins. And I who was wretched and born out in sin, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the King. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we do pray for unsaved loved ones tonight. 
for situations that we don't need to know about, but that you are involved in turning things around for your glory and for their good. We thank you, Father, that you loved us enough to cancel out the stain of our, our sin <clears throat> to give us a seat at the Lord's table. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the children and the youth in the building tonight. We know that the enemy desires to have them, but we refuse to turn loose of them by faith. And we want to pray and insulate them from the things of this world. We pray, Father God, that you would keep them close to the Lord's table. Set this out knowing that you do all things well. We give you praise for the story of Mephibosheth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. There's some goodies in the back row. Get them before the door opens because once the kids come in, it's all gone. I need to